You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 33. In today's episode, I am walking you through how you can do a plugin audit on your WordPress website. One of the things that I get requests for all the time is to look at someone's plugins and tell them which ones to keep or which ones they can get rid of. This is a really easy process that anyone can do, and I'm going to walk you through exactly how you can do this on your own site. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited to dive into this topic. Like I said in the intro, this is something that I get asked constantly from people, and I think there is a lot of questions surrounding plugins in general. I see tons of questions in Facebook groups, and so today I just want to do a quick introduction about what plugins are answer some frequently asked questions I get about them, and then I'm going to dive into walking you through how you can do a super quick plugin audit on your own site. If you are new to listening to the podcast, I just wanted to say hello and welcome, and I'm so glad that you have found the show. I know that some people love to skip the intro at the beginning of an episode. I'm very guilty of that as well, and so I just like to do a quick intro that is not my normal pre-recorded intro at the beginning of the episode. So if you are new here, my name is Madison Weatherill, and I am a web designer and brand strategist over at Grace and Vine Studios, which is a design studio made specifically for food bloggers just Thank you. Now, this podcast started as a little bit of a passion project and just wanting to really create a space where we can talk about strategy and design and the tech side of blogging. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there about growing your blog, and I just wanted to be able to create a space where we can talk about doing that, but doing it in a way that feels manageable and sustainable because there are a lot of strategies out there for growing your blog that in my opinion, encourage a little bit too much of hustle and burnout comes from that sort of hustle. So I will get off my soapbox about that, but just wanted to say that I'm glad that you are here. It means the world to me when I see you guys sharing these episodes on Instagram, and often I hear about people sharing a specific episode with a friend. So if this resonates with you and you've had a conversation with a friend about plugins before, I would love for you to share this episode with them so that they can learn too. So let's talk about plugins. I have a full blog post that I'm going to link to in the show notes where I talk all about plugins and specifically plugins for food bloggers that I love and recommend. But I want to first just dive into explaining a little bit about what plugins are. So a plugin essentially adds extra functionality or features to a WordPress website without having to manually code those same features into the theme. 
So there are some themes that are going to have certain features built in, but plugins allow for pretty much anyone to be able to add that functionality to their site as long as their website is compatible with the coding that is in the plugin. A plugin is basically just a bunch of coding and programming that is set up to do a specific action or function or give your website a certain look through that plugin and that coding. There's a few things that I always have to note about plugins whenever I talk about them. The first one is that plugins need to be updated. I can't tell you how many times I have logged into someone's site and seen 27 plugin and theme update notifications. And the reason that this needs to be a top priority for you is when there is a plugin update, often that means that there is some sort of vulnerability within the plugin that they are fixing, especially when there's a security update that comes out. That is basically an open door for someone to be able to hack into your site through that vulnerability. That sounds really scary, but basically that is just my way of sharing what happens if you don't update your plugins. I have unfortunately had clients in the past who have reached out to me because their site has gone completely down and been hacked because of a security issue within a plugin. So this is something that I do for my own websites and for my maintenance clients um, about twice a month for that reason. Now again, some plugin updates are very small and they're not necessarily those security or vulnerability issues, but unless you hear in a Facebook group that you're in or something like that not to update a plugin, it's generally a good idea to update your plugins. Plugins should be updated and maintained regularly, and so the more advanced of a function that the plugin is doing, the more true this becomes and the more of a potential security risk you could have if those plugins are not updated. Good plugins that are coded and well-maintained should not slow down your site. You don't need to keep less than 10 plugins on your site or anything crazy like that for that to be true. It's really more about the quality of the plugin over the quantity of plugins that you have. Now this is going to be a relatively quick episode because this process is honestly really, really easy to do. This is not something you need to carve out an afternoon for. This will take you at most probably an hour of time, but probably much less than that. So I'm going to answer one of the questions that I get asked most often, which is how to audit your plugins. So a couple of follow-up questions that I normally get with that are, how do you know if removing a plugin will break your site? And the answer for that is that first, you have to know what the plugin is doing on your site in the first place. You really have to understand the functionality that the plugin has and why it's there in the first place in order to understand how big of a deal it might be if you remove it. So that is really the only way to know what kind of an impact that might have. For example, if you are using something like a page builder and you want to remove that plugin, that is going to have some pretty serious consequences, which is one of the reasons I don't typically recommend using page builders, but that is a conversation for another day. So anyways, in that situation, removing that plugin could potentially ruin the way that your site looks on certain pages. And so that would be one where you would have to be very careful before you remove that. Another question that I get is, what makes a plugin worth keeping? And again, I have to go back to, you have to know what the features of that plugin are and why you're using it, or if you are using it in the first place. Did you download it just to try it out and then you've never used it again? Or is it something that you're using every single day? And you really just have to know what the plugin is doing and then you can make a decision based on that. Okay, let's jump into the actual plugin audit. So through this quick audit, you're going to be doing two major things. 
The first is that you're looking for plugins that you can remove either because you're not using them or because they are providing a duplicate function to another plugin. And this could also open up the door for you to find plugins that you might not think are the best version anymore and you want to find a replacement for it. And the second part of doing this audit is that you're just going to have a better grasp on the plugins your site is using and why. I think there's a lot of mystery around plugins and I see a lot of clients that just have a very hands-off approach to this sort of thing. And I think in this situation, having more knowledge is definitely more powerful because you will understand what is going on on your site and be able to make better decisions. So to get started with this audit, you're gonna go into your WordPress dashboard and you're gonna open your plugins tab. And then first you want to click over to the inactive tab. So these are going to be the plugins that are still stored on your website, but you aren't currently using. That's why they are called inactive. And these are gonna be the easiest ones to get rid of. So that we start here. So you wanna quickly scan through these plugins and see if maybe any of these are ones that you made inactive temporarily and you might still need them. And if they are ones that you don't even know what they are, you don't remember making them inactive anytime recently, then you can probably safely remove them. So now that you have those inactive ones removed, now we're gonna take a look at the rest of your plugins, which are going to be under the active tab. And we are going to make a list of these plugins. So you wanna open up a Google Doc or a Notepad app, and you're gonna write down the name of each of the rest of the plugins that is left active on your site. Now there is no magic number of plugins that you should or shouldn't have, but as you're going through these plugins, you want to just make sure that the plugins you're using are being updated and that they are compatible with the current version of WordPress that you are using and that they're also providing value for your site and that they're the right plugin for the job that you are using it for. So after you list out the name of the plugins that you have, now we're going to dig in and research each one a little bit more. The first thing that you can do is just scan through the list and see if any of them are doing the same task. So you can look for common words or common titles within the plugin name to see if there are repeating tasks. Things like duplicate recipe cards or social sharing plugins are another common one. Maybe you have a few Google Analytics plugins. You really want to maybe highlight those or bold those so that you can dig into those a little bit more. It may not be obvious just from looking quickly, but as you research each plugin, you're going to be able to do this more thoroughly at the end. So when you're looking at a plugin on your dashboard, you're going to see a description of the plugin to the right. And if that description isn't enough information, then you can click the view details button for more information from the plugin developer. Now this is the same information that is on the WordPress directory. And you're gonna be able to see the description, see some screenshots of the plugins, and the last update information and what version of WordPress the plugin is compatible with and more information. So you want to either copy and paste that description or what I find to be a better practice is to write it in your own words because it's going to make more sense to you if you write down what you think it does or if you write down the reason that you're using that plugin so that you can reference it later rather than having a two or three sentence description that is honestly supposed to sell you on the plugin. You wanna really understand sort of in layman's terms what you have that plugin for. Once you have written out this basic information about the plugin, you'll be able to see whether you have duplicate plugins, ones that you know you aren't using, or maybe there's some plugins that just seem a little bit sketchy. 
You're also going to be able to see if your site is actually using those plugins now that you understand what the plugin is supposed to do. So depending on the plugin, it may be obvious, or you might need to also go into your widgets panel to see if that plugin is being used for something specific in a widget. Over the years, there have been a lot of things that have been added to WordPress or to Genesis that you used to have a plugin to achieve that same functionality. So it's really smart to go through your plugins every quarter or so to make sure that you're still using them all. Now, if you don't add plugins very often, you might not have to do this quarterly, but it's smart to do this regularly so that it is a really quick thing that you're just reviewing. Now, while there isn't a magic number of plugins that you should or shouldn't have, I'm going to just keep saying that because it's a very common misconception, having more plugins than you need could be costing your site resources on your server that could slow your site down. So after going through this audit, you will at least be able to have confidence that the plugins that you're using are ones that you definitely need and you want to have on your site. You don't have a lot of clutter or unused or duplicate plugins that are potentially slowing down your site. And so again, I'm going to add a link to that blog post that I mentioned with some of my favorite plugins specifically for food bloggers. If you're needing some recommendations or you find that a specific plugin that you used to use isn't compatible anymore and you're looking for a new one. So after doing this audit, you really should have a better grasp on the plugins that your site is relying on, and you should feel great about the ones that you're using and the ones that you have removed. So a few more just frequently asked questions that I get about plugins and which ones you should have and things like that. First question is, what are some must-have plugins? So I'm going to speak directly to what I think are just a must-have type of plugins for food bloggers. So the first is... A recipe card plugin. I'll just mention that I love the plugin Create, but I have also used Tasty and I've also used WordPress Recipe Maker on different client sites, and I don't have a particular beef with any of them. I just personally have chosen to use Create on my blog and on the blogs that I set up for my clients. The next type of plugin to have is a social sharing plugin. I use Grow, which is formerly called SocialPug. I use the premium version of this for both of my sites because it does have some extra functionality that I want to have. Another one is an SEO plugin. My favorite SEO plugin is called Yoast. Most of you food bloggers are going to be familiar with this, but this is a really important plugin to have. The next is some sort of image optimization or compression plugin. I use and recommend using ShortPixel. Another really important plugin to have is an anti-spam comment plugin. So the two that I have used are Akismet, I know I am saying that wrong, and Anti-Spam B is the new one that I have been loving. Both of these seem to work really well. Um, the Anti-Spam B is a free plugin as of right now, so that's why I have switched a lot of my clients over to using that one. And the last plugin that I want to mention that is not totally necessary for every site is WP Rocket. I have seen a lot of the sites that I have worked on see really big page speed improvements by using this plugin, um, but again, it is not necessary for everyone. I just wanted to mention that that is another great plugin to have. Okay, so when should you use a plugin versus coding something directly into your theme? Now, this is a really tricky question because, to be honest, both things do the same thing. Using a plugin makes it easier for you as the food blogger to maintain this, 
but depending on what the plugin is, it could load more quickly if it was part of the actual website, not a plugin. So this is really a it depends sort of answer. To give a more technical answer, usually if it's styling like part of your CSS of the site or something that would be using mainly PHP coding, I would most likely code that into the site itself. But if it's something like JavaScript or something that is really advanced functionality, then usually a plugin is going to be the better answer. But again, this is not a black and white or hard and fast rule. It really just depends on the situation. How can you tell if a plugin is secure? The first thing to look for is that it's been updated recently and that it's been tested on your version of WordPress. WordPress is changing very quickly these days, and so you really want to make sure that the plugin is compatible with the most recent version of WordPress. There's a lot of plugins out there that are no longer being maintained and updated, and it's just a really risky thing to use that plugin unless you are totally sure that it is going to work and that you need it. And the last question I had for this is, do you need to keep both the paid and free version of a plugin? And again, this is an it depends situation. Every plugin is a little bit different. There are some plugins where you do have to keep both, even though you're running a premium version. And there are some where you can't do that and it won't let you. So this is just something that you need to check with the plugin developer about. And you also may want to check and see what happens when you stop paying for the premium version of the plugin. Some of them will still work, you just won't get updates to the plugin and others won't work at all. And you would be without that plugin and its functionality without having an updated and paid for premium version of the plugin. So I hope this episode, even though it was a relatively quick episode in comparison to how much I could talk about plugins, I hope this episode is helpful and gives you some clarity on what plugins are and why it's important to really have a grasp on what plugins your site is using. If you go through this plugin audit, I would love to hear how it goes and what you find. And if you have any specific questions about exact plugins that I recommend and use, again, you can check out the blog post that is in the show notes for this episode, or feel free to reach out anytime and I'm happy to give a recommendation. Until next time, friends, I hope that you are doing well and I will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.